I am excited to announce my new podcast, Giving Legends. It's an opportunity for me, Hannibal Navies, and my co-host, Charlie Batch, to talk with people of influence who are committed to building a legacy through service. Stay tuned and learn what makes them Giving Legends. Welcome to another edition of Giving Legends Podcast. I'm Charlie Batch, joined by my man, Hannibal Navy. What's going on, What's sir? What's up, Charlie? How you doing? I'm doing well. Good. And we are joined today by NFL vet Rennie Curran, man. We appreciate you joining us today on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you all so much for having me. Georgia Bulldog legend. Yes, sir. <laughs> trying Bulldog to be like you, man. man. You can't go anywhere in Georgia without hearing Rennie Curran's name. That's crazy. But that is it. But I mean, a lot of great things are going. We'll start there since we started talking about Georgia, man. How proud are you of the, organi- of the actual university and what they're Thank doing you. down there? Yeah, man, it's amazing to see, really, and we all know uh, in terms of the game of football, especially in the South, man, how uh, intense it is, how much of a religion it is. I'll call it a a sport, man. Down here, it's a religion and everything. And uh, just to be able to see what Kirby's been able to do coming in, establishing a new culture, a mindset of being elite, and just uh, really getting these guys to buy in over the years, man, it's really, really impressive to see. And then on the back end of that, to know that you have a small part to play and establishing that tradition, man, and, and those establishing those building blocks is really cool just to see. I, I was a kid who I have no business being at University of Georgia. Parents were immigrants. You know, I'm first generation, first person to do what I did in my family and was undersized, like had a lot of odds stacked up against me. So to go from that, man, to uh, having so many people pouring to me and uh, have the opportunity to live my dream and now be on the other side of it and seeing the success that they're having, man, it's really, really cool. And you talked about that building blocks, obviously playing, and now, you know, yeah. you're kind of now in that other uh, stage of your life. Are you still around the university? And if so, what yeah. capacity? Oh, yeah, man. Um, definitely always a part, man. I'm, I'm still recruiting for them, basically. They don't even know it. <laughs> so whenever I go out to, you know, as a speaker, whenever I go out, man, to South Georgia, California, wherever, that's the first thing I talk about because it's such a big part of my life, uh, just having that dream and uh, being able to fulfill it. But uh, in terms of the capacity of how I'm involved now, I um, usually am the guy that gets the call when a guy is done with his career. And, um, you know, it sounds something like, you know, a text in the middle of the night, you know, in my DM, in my Instagram, or just a, a random phone call like, hey, Rennie, like, you know, I'm transitioning, I just got cut, or I'm done playing, and, you know, I'm trying to figure out my brand, I'm trying to figure out how to take my next steps. You know, that's a lot of how I'm involved. So it's a lot of behind the scenes, nothing super official. Every once in a while, they'll call me in to go speak to the incoming freshmen. Sometimes I work with the business school, um, Terry College of Business, and go up there and speak to the uh, marketing students and just tell them about personal selling and personal branding and things like that. But overall, that's uh, where a lot of times I'm involved. And that's honestly what I'm super passionate about is helping these guys um, not only while they're playing, but, um, you know, after, long after they're done and just really helping them establish long-term success. And that's one of the things here on this podcast. We, you know, we talk about, we could easily talk about on the field, but we love talking about everything else that you're doing yeah. outside of it. When you get to that point, how fulfilling is it to now be, be invited back to the university or whatever space that you're in to talk about something other than sports. How fulfilling is that for you? It's extremely fulfilling, man, because we all know uh, sports, is, although it really consumes us so much, but it's such a small part of our life when we look at the grand scheme of things. So being able to come back and tell them all the things that I wish I would have known, um, I mean, and, and I was blessed. I, I had, you know, Hannibal, man, who poured into me, showed me the blueprint, exposed me to so many people. I was able to meet, like, Ray Lewis through him and, and so many people, uh, but at the same time, there's still those things that you don't even know that you don't know right, <laughs> until you right. get into it. 
And, uh, and, and so being able to now go back and give them that knowledge, man, especially from the standpoint of how to take their platform and leverage it while they're at the University of Georgia, uh, I mean, it's huge. Because, I mean, I, I did certain things like just talking to people and networking and learning that on the tail end of my career. But, you know, I look at it now, especially with the NIL. I mean, right. golly, if I could have, you know, had that type of platform and been able to really not only leverage it but monetize it, it would have been a whole different ball game. So really trying to give these guys that education and uh, that information to be able to know how to navigate themselves in terms of managing their brand, but then also protecting it as well so that when it does come time to cash in, if they're blessed enough to be able to go to the NFL, they're able to not, uh, you know, have to lie really right. <laughs> and everything. So, yeah. And I know Hannibal chime, itching to chime in here. I, I let him do this. After, <laughs> but I know you you have a number of different titles. And as we kind of focus on, I know Hannibal going to uh, t- uh, speak about a lot of those things. Yeah. What are you, If somebody would say, hey, what are you doing now? What are those titles that you like to go by right now? Yeah, so right now I go by keynote speaker, author, and leadership coach. So I um, speak on leadership, team building, and performance. And then also I have two books. One's called Free Agent. And I wrote that when I was a free agent, <laughs> one of the toughest experiences of my life. Um, and then I also have a second book that I wrote with my daughter called What Does It Take to Be a Star? And then as a leadership coach, I also do some uh, coaching, consulting, really just helping entrepreneurs, um, athletes, executives to reach their fullest potential. And that looks like, you know, helping them with anything from their personal brand, helping them with uh, marketing strategies, or just helping them with like day-to-day just accountability and um, really staying on top of their goals and, and helping them reach that. And where can people find those books at? Yeah, so they can find them on my website, rennycurrent.com, or on Amazon, or any major distributors. Absolutely. No, nah, man, I was, you know, this is my little brother. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of him, man. So I always want to, you know, big you up and, and all the things that you do, but you've got Thank to speak you, about some of those things you do. But talk a little bit more about, I think it's important for our listeners, that especially young athletes that are coming behind you, how you use your that networking part, right? Because you went to Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. You were two, three-time All-American. I can't even have to lose count, right? But you, you did that on the field. But when you left, you had the wherewithal, and you still do that, right? Yeah. The, the networking piece, you, you continue that going. And every couple months, it seems mm-hmm. like at least once a quarter, you're doing some kind of networking event. But how did you take advantage of the networking? How has it helped you evolve to be the person that you are right now? Yeah, it's, as far as how I took advantage, man, it was a little things. And my parents, I'm so blessed to have some amazing parents who were humble people who taught me great values. And one of the things that they taught me that sticks to me to this day is something simple. Speak to people. Say hi. Like, just that simple yep. thing, you'd be surprised at how far it'll take you in life. And um, that's honestly, like, something that's part of my culture, being uh, Liberian, that if you walk by, especially an elder, you don't acknowledge him, you don't speak to him, it's considered disrespect. And so that's something that I took with me, you know, throughout my whole life, man, at University of Georgia. So whether it's fans, whether it's a janitor, whether it's a trainer, who, whoever, like, they're going to get a hello from me. Right. And just if, if I can't give nothing else to them, it's, I'm going to give them respect. And just that alone, uh, coupled with, you know, doing well on the field, it's like people remember little things like that. Like, they remember when you stop and you not just sign their kid's autograph, but you also take the time to ask that kid, you know, what's your dream? What's your goals? And you actually connect with them. Um, and then other people as well. It's like a lot of the people who I talked to at University of Georgia, I didn't know who they were. Right. Even when I go back now, I don't know who these people are. I don't know what they do. And I just treat them, you know, like a CEO. And it turns out they are a CEO. <laughs> right, right. And then now you talking about, you know, six months later, I'm doing a business deal with them. Or I'm getting an award because of what was said in a room when I wasn't there. So that's how I look at, at networking, man, in the simplest way. Just speaking to people, giving that respect, man, 
um, you know, just really establishing a sense of authenticity mm-hmm. when you're with somebody and, and making them feel like a human being. And that just, like I said, it, it has ripple effects. I would like to thank Athletes Charitable for sponsoring today's Given Legends podcast. Athletes Charitable offers a concierge membership service that provides the tools and resources to build a legacy through service. Our athlete-led team has the first-hand experience and expertise to provide hands-on support that simplifies the entire process for athletes and entertainers to reach their social entrepreneurship goals and create lasting impact in their communities. To learn more, check out the link in the bio. Talk a little bit about, you know, going back into my transition bucket. Mm. I've seen you go through a lot of stages of transition, man. And to where you've just, I mean, I just attended a privilege of attending an award ceremony. We're in a room full of some very established people Mm. uh, at the Terry School of Business that you received an award. You were honoree that night. Talk a little bit about that, but talk a bit about the journey to get there, right? And and the development that you still continue to have to do. It's not just like, oh, I'm a ride, but you have to continue at every level to develop yourself. So speak a little bit about that. Yeah, man. I mean, I could talk <laughs> all day about that because, you know, you were a big part of my transition, man, and, and so many others. And that was a big part of that award was not just me getting an outstanding alumni award from my, my business school, but just all the people that poured into me. It was really a, a thank you to them. Um, there were so many people like you and, and uh, people like Rodney Bullard, uh, who was with Chick-fil-A, who just sat down with me, had lunch, you know, and just uh just gave me that knowledge. And that was a big part of my transition was just having to humble humble myself at every level. So whether it was at University of Georgia, whether it's in the NFL, when I transitioned, it was just always constantly re-humbling myself and just being a student, um, constantly learning, constantly trying, striving to understand myself and uh, really just dissecting who Rennie Curran is. And um, my transition really started uh, and it was a blessing in disguise, honestly. It started earlier than I, I would have uh, liked it to because I got cut after my second year after uh, being with the Tennessee Titans and everything. I didn't understand for the life of me why it happened, but uh, it was a gift having that much time. I spent about eight months back home. Um, you know, I was 22, 23 years old, having a midlife crisis, <laughs> I tell people now. And um, it was like one of the lowest points in my life. Um, you know, and so at that time, that's when I started – really just under, trying to understand who I was as a person, man, outside of the jersey. And I, I asked myself those real questions, like, man, if you can never play football again, like, how can you provide, like, number one, who are you? <laughs> but how are you going to provide uh, value to the business world uh, if you can never step on an, uh, another field? So I started doing things like a personal SWOT analysis on myself. I started, you know, really trying to break down my personal brand. I started building my website from scratch. I started reading a ton of books. I went to a career transitioning program. I was the youngest guy in the room, <laughs> and I'll never forget that experience. Um, you know, there were several guys who are actually, you know, in um, the position of helping lots of players transition now, but a lot of them, like Keith Elias was in the room. Yeah, and um, I remember being the youngest guy and seeing guys who played 10 years in the league. And in my mind, I'm thinking at 22, man, if I can get to 10 years, I'm going to be good. I'll, I won't have to worry about money. I won't, I'll have it all figured out. And to see guys who have made, you know, gotten to that number of 10 years, got to the second contract, and were still lost, mm-hmm. I was just like, wow. So you, you mean to tell me that's not the end-all, be-all? Like, that really gave me a wake-up call, and it shifted my mindset to understand that it wasn't just about football and getting to that second and third contract. Like, the money can't save you. <laughs> yeah. The money doesn't give you purpose. And so from there is when I really took it even more serious. So 
when I got eventually picked up with Tampa and then went to Canada to play up there, like when I wasn't on the field, man, I was sitting down with some business leader. I was, you know, taking on some role with a company, even if it was just a sales role where I was trying to leverage my name. Um, I was speaking at different places. I was, you know, continuing to write my book, but just really building that uh, foundation and understanding that uh, when it is time for me to transition, it's not going to be a transition. It's going to be more so integration uh, and taking, you know, the things from my past and applying it to my future and allowing that to propel me forward. So that was really what really uh, helped me in terms of my transition and, and um, so that it wasn't as tough. And there was still, you know, a lot of work that had to be done even, man. Um, you know, a lot of I had to eventually go to therapy because, I mean, even though you may know yourself and you may have success on the business realm, man, it's still like so many things we experience, man, in the locker room, so many things we hear from our coaches, so many things that tell us that we're not enough as athletes that you have to unlearn as well, too. So I had to do a lot of that work on myself, man. And I, I would have never been in that room getting any award if it weren't for that that work that was done behind the scenes, man, beyond just business-wise, but also personally as well. And I think that started taking with that first step. You know, yeah. you talk about, you know, you saw 10 years in, uh, of experience in that room, uncertain at that point, but the uncertainty was you having to take that first step and that leap of faith yeah. to get to the point where you was unsure where your career was going to go, but yet you didn't want to really think about transition because you wanted to still play. Mm -hmm. What motivated you to take that step to say, you want to what? I'm going to that particular program so I can learn and educate myself moving forward. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it was. I just knew, man, that I was not going to let this moment define me. Like, I wasn't going to let this be it. And I, I started to shift my mindset and change my narrative, which I, I'm a big believer of. Like, whenever we face major challenges in life, like, we have the opportunity to either look at it as something that's empowering or something that's meant to tear us down. And in that moment, you know, because of my faith, which is it heavily informs my perspective, I just told myself, man, that God has given me this time to work on myself instead of looking at it, at it like, because I was in that moment for a little bit. I was like, woe is me, you know, watching right. TV on Sunday, like, mm -hmm. man, I know I'm better than that dude. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, why am I not playing? And, yeah. and just getting really down and sad, man. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, I, after those moments passed, I just gathered myself and I looked at it, like I said, as an opportunity. And I started looking at everything as a, a way to create, you know, momentum and everything. So whether it was a workshop, whether it was reading a, a new book that I never read before or whether it was, you know, like I said, partner with a new company just to go in and learn and just visit with them. Um, I was taking advantage of it, man, just to make sure that when I look back on that time that I could look back and say, man, I did something with it. I didn't just sit down and I, I didn't just only work out and only focus on one thing, but I maximized it. Absolutely. And those opportunities yeah. allow us to talk about some of these things that you are doing off the field in the sure. philanthropy world. Talk about some of the things that you are passionate about yeah. to, to enlighten our audience. Definitely, man. So like I shared before, I had so many people that poured into me. You know, I can't take uh, saying enough about Hannibal and the role that he's played in my life, man. And just just have I remember calling Hannibal like a time, especially when I was a free agent, and just be like, hey, like, what should I do? Like, you know, uh, what do you think? Like, and, and, you know, guys like Jesse Tucker, who when people were saying I was undersized, he, you know, invite me over and would show me his film and different things like that. Um, trainers that let me train for free. Um, you know, I consider myself, I read uh, this book. This is one of the books I read when I was a free agent was uh, Napoleon. Um, no, not Napoleon Hill. Um, but that is one of the books. But Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers. And I consider myself an outlier. Um, somebody who had an, an unusual set of circumstances that led me to my success. And so 
based off the fact that I am an outlier outlier and I did have an unusual set of circumstances, like the fact that my parents came here from Liberia, <laughs> um, like the fact that they moved me to Gunet that had an amazing, uh, you know, um, just culture and uh, amazing football uh, organization. Um, and then the fact that I had a Chip Smith who trained some of the top athletes 15 minutes away from my house. Like, who has that? Right, <laughs> you know, right. what average person has access to that? And he happened to take a liking to me and let me train for free. You know, I had a little league coach that took me my first Georgia game. And with, I mean, just so many things I can go on and on. Based off that, those facts, man, like, I got to give back. I'm, I'm entitled to it. Like, you know, I ha it's, it's like my personal debt that I feel every single morning when I wake up. Because I know I ain't supposed to, you know, it's just by the grace of God. And so, like, you know, that's something that really drives me and I'm super passionate about, man. Every single day is just like, how can I impact somebody? How can I help somebody, man? I don't care if it's a young kid who's 10 years old and he may nev never get a shot. Like, right. I'm giving him something. Uh, if it's a basketball player, you know, I saw one a couple of days ago just and I stopped right there and I'm like, hey, this is what you need to do. <laughs> you know, so I'm, that's just it's just part of who I am man. it's never going to change. And so, yeah, with my foundation, I really try to focus on mentorship one. You know, just because I know the, the role that it had in my life, um, mentorship, um, access. So we're doing we do free camps. Um, we do uh, workshops and everything. We're continuing to expand it, man. We're still young. We, we've only been around. We ain't like you, big, big bro. So I'm going to need some tips. But um, absolutely. Yeah, we're very early in the game. Man, and I'm just really trying as much as I can, along with the board members and everybody, just to make that impact. And at the end of the day, just serve, man, if nothing else. Like I, it don't have to be perfect. It don't have to be. You know, a million people, but, you know, like last last week I was out at a nonprofit. It was 30 kids playing a flag football game, and I just went out there, gave them some knowledge, and gave them, you know, whoever needed my number, gave them my number. Um, so that's my biggest thing, man, It's just just serving at the end of the day and leveraging my past lessons to help someone else achieve their success. I would like to thank United Charitable for sponsoring today's Giving Legends podcast. United Charitable is a national nonprofit that focuses on guiding you on your charitable journey. Whether you like to simply streamline your giving or you like to create your own charitable initiative, United Charitable has the knowledge and resources to support you. If you'd like to learn more, check out the link in our bio. Yeah, I know you're built around service, man. I was going, I'm glad you answered that question in that way because I think that, you know, we're going to ask you why do you think it's important to serve and you answered that. But, you know, you yeah. remember one time you just you're just so good at just – being attentive to people at one time, you just called me out the blue and was like, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And I know that's something that you do for people around you, man. Just like, how can I be of service to you? Like, what mm -hmm. is it that I can bring to the table to help you? And I thought that was very unique. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how important that is and how that your foundation kind of exudes that. Yeah, man. Um, you know, you said it, bro. That's something that I, I truly believe in, man. Like, always having that serving mindset, man. Like, how can I help you? How can I add value? We all know them people that, you know, <laughs> anytime they call you, it's because they need something. Yeah. And so I try not to be that person, man, as much as possible. None of us are perfect, but really try to uh, just add value wherever I can and, and try to seek win-win opportunities however I can. And it's worked out. It's worked out great. And people feel it. People know when you genuinely want to help them and when you want to serve, and it's not just about you. And the natural thing I found that happens is that when you approach things from that stand standpoint of being genuine and authentic and really trying to serve, like, naturally, it's going to come back, like, 10 times fold. Um, and I've seen that so much. Even even recently, man, I could tell you all some crazy stories of things that just happened that, like, 
you know, I went into a situation not expecting anything in return. And it's like, it just ended up working out that I got this major opportunity because of it. Just because. And I truly believe, like, you can't outgive God. Like, you just can't. And so um, I really try to exemplify that with uh, our foundation, man. Just, you know, free camps, free event, you know, um, just making sure that we're giving that knowledge, man. We're setting guys up to, guys and girls, up to just get that exposure and get that opportunity, the same opportunities that I had, man. And, you know, and who knows who they can become. You know, I know what I, what I have become as a result of people who gave to me, who showed up for me, who poured into me, who sponsored me, who gave me a ride. So I'm trying to just pass that along. Talk a little bit about your commitment, right, when you start talking about your foundation. So this is Giving Legends. So we're, you're here yeah. because, you know, you are a football legend, obviously. Uh, you know, you've done some great things on the field, but you're here because you're a giving legend, because you've done things in the community that other people don't take the time to do or commit to doing. Yeah. Talk about the process. I was there at the beginning of your foundation mm-hmm. when you built the building blocks, when you're starting to get going with that and stuff like that. So talk about some challenges. You know, I think there's going to be people listening, right, that are that want to get into to this, right, and we want to highlight how you get there, right, and you've been doing some great things. So talk about the challenges yeah. of, of starting a foundation and what it t- commitment takes to, to get that going. Yeah, I mean, definitely one of the, the biggest challenges, first and foremost, is when you're a – a go-getter when you're a linebacker like us, you know, you want to go out there, you want to dang attack. And um, it's very easy to have a, a, a huge vision, but then really lack in terms of the execution mm-hmm. and everything because your vision is so, so big and you're trying to help any and everybody. And so that was the biggest um, challenge. The first challenge was just taking that step back and just saying, okay, what's, what can you realistically change? Like how can you realistically move the needle? And then, you know, just because you have that vision doesn't mean that everybody is going to be a part of that or, or, you know, is going to have the capacity to be a part of it as well, too. And so that was one of the toughest things is like, hey, like getting that team to be a part of your vision and like, you know, just implementing it and keeping the motivation going. And then, you know, having something that you put together and it not turning out the way that you want it to. So it's an extremely, extremely tough thing, man. Even just asking people for money. Like you you think like you see uh these events that you go to, nonprofit events where they raise a million dollars in one night, and you're like, "Oh, I got some relationships. I know I can, I can make some of these happen." Like, and then you try to put together a simple event, and it's you know, it's not as big as you expect. And one of the the biggest things is understanding that, uh, just having the right perspective, understanding that a lot of these nonprofits that are killing it, they've been around for years. Mm-hmm. They've gone through multiple board members. They've gone through multiple board retreats, and and like you're not just about to step in and just you know, and I tell athletes this all the time, especially when they're transitioning. I'm like, look, you got to think back to when you were in Little League. Like, you didn't get to your third year in Little League and say, oh, I'm about to be in the league now. Like, nah, that thing took 10 years, 15 years of fundamentals and, you know, coaching and uh, getting feedback and losses and wins until you eventually got there. And so I try to look at it the same way, whether it's with the nonprofit or with my business, to give myself that grace and that compassion and then also know that it's going to come eventually. Like, you just have to continue to serve. You got to continue to put in the work. You got to continue to just wake up day in and day out, learn, grow, form new partnerships, you know, switch and repeat, change, uh, innovate, all those things. And it's going to eventually happen if if uh, your heart is in the right place. And in the philanthropy world, it's a thankless job at times, oh, right? Oh, yeah. 
So when you get to that point and you're putting all of this hard work in mm-hmm. and you know that you've impacted a child to a certain degree, and you may have played a small factor right. into that, what may be huge for them, but we may think of it as small. Mm-hmm. How rewarding is that for you when you see that smile on that child's face? Oh, it's, it's amazing, man. It, it really, like, taps into my soul. And that's a feeling that's priceless. Like, you can't explain it. You know, when, when you got a kid that, like, you see that light bulb click or you, I mean, you run into them again five years later, and they're like, man, you said this, or you did this, man, and, and you really helped me. Or they don't even say nothing, but you see where they're at, and you know you had a small part to play in it. Man, it's it's super fulfilling, and I, I really, truly believe that's what life is about. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, and we'll kind of get into it. It won't take too much of your time, man, but yeah. talk about, you know, one of our things at Athletes Charitable and, and at Giving Legends is defining your legacy through service. So what is your legacy going to be? What do you want that service to you know, that legacy to be through your service. Like, what is that? When it's all said and done, Randy Curran is gone, what is what is that to, to impact that you want to leave behind? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, and, and this is what I believe success is for me, is, like, taking all those gifts, talents, abilities, relationship that God has blessed me with and leveraging it and, you know, giving the blueprint to somebody else to, to see or to show them how they can do the exact same thing. So just being a good steward of all my gifts and talents, not leaving anything on the table, like making sure that I maximize every single thing and then give people that blueprint to, um, to understand how they can do it for themselves as well. And that is awesome. And I know as we close on this uh, podcast here, but for anybody that want to support you and what you are doing, where can they go to find and support you? Definitely, man. Thank you so much for that question. Um, just easiest way is rennycurrent.com through my website. And then, uh, any of the social medias, I'm all on all of them, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. They're all just at rennycurrent. So. Tell us the name of your foundation. Yeah, it's the Game Changers Foundation. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. and the website is GameChangersFoundationGA.org. Yep. Good deal, man. Well, appreciate you coming on Giving Legends, yes, man. Sir. You're definitely a Giving Legend, man. So I really appreciate you being on, little bro. Yep. And I appreciate y'all, man. I just want to say, man, like both of y'all, I look up to you guys and just thank you for the example you show. Um, you know, just the the lives that you all live, man. The careers, of course, but just the men that you all are. It's it's huge, man. And I hope y'all know the impact that y'all have as well. I appreciate that. that. Thank you. Much love. Definitely. Definitely. Yes, sir. Find us on YouTube, Instagram, and LinkedIn and comment on what inspires you to be a giving legend in your community.